0: We're on our final episode of our series on the four Ds dyslexia, dyspraxia, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia. Joining us on this program is Letty Glenn, and we've had three previous conversations, so you'll want to go back and look for those three other podcasts on dyslexia, dyspraxia, and dysgraphia. Um, Letty is a special education specialist who owns Fresh Thinking Special Education Advisors in Kansas City, Missouri. Letty educates and empowers kids, their parents and guardians, and the professionals in their lives for their best future. We're a bunch of unsocialized feral heathens. I don't have to sit at my desk all day, but I stay at table instead of a desk. It's here Letty, thank you so much for coming back one more time, and I think we'll have you back more than that. But today we're going to talk about dyscalculia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, did I say that so, right?
1: Is that how you so say it? <laughs> as as a dyslexic person that I am, I cannot say that word that you're saying, I say it, dyscalcula. So that's how I'm going to be saying it. That's it's easier. easier and it helps me remember calculus. So this is a math one. So, so that's how I'm going to be saying it. And that's a reason also.
0: Yeah. Okay. So dyscalcula. So um, what
1: is dyscalculia? So it's difficulties understanding math and math concepts. So this could be multiplication table. This could be um, additions, counting money, telling time, um, directions. So it, it's really when you're dealing with numbers, that's where it gets, that's where it becomes a challenge.
0: Directions, like, like as in driving directions, be, yeah, like left, right, and be, forward. Yeah. Huh, mm-hmm. Okay. So multiplication tables, telling time, yeah. things like that, directions. Mm-hmm measurements,
1: yep. things uh-huh. like that. It could be even um, connecting numbers to quali- quantities. So like number two, show me two apples. That could be a struggle is taking it from the two to coming up with two of something. Uh, counting forwards and backwards could be difficult. And when we think dyslexia, it's the alphabet going forward and backwards of the alphabet is I mean, even on a good day, I can't go backwards on the alphabet. So, mm. so it's like, it's a challenge. So it's the same with counting. If somebody has dyscalculia, mm. it could be um, recall of uh, any of the math facts or mental math that you have to do in your head. Just struggle of that. Um, money estimation is a challenge, can be a challenge. It could be um, recognizing patterns and sequencing. That's also uh, a difficult task to complete
0: a question about dyslexia and dyscalculia are they um are they the disorders that involve flipping of letters mm-hmm. and numbers like if if someone is saying my phone number is 12345 and they say 2143 mm-hmm. yep. instead uh, is that dyscalculia that, that, that's yeah, it I mean, yeah what what is happening in the brain well do you what is can, I you, can, describe I what can you describe can it? I can describe it from my
1: own experience is you just say it and you think you said it right. <laughs> until you look back at it or I can't tell you, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you gotta say your phone number. I can't tell you how many times I've walked up there and said my phone number, which order, and then I can't even think about what my actual phone number is. Or um, I had, I was counting cash one day when I was buying something and I probably counted it three times and I still struggled with. It. and I don't want to count money, but it's just like when you're there, you just, it, it's just not computing. It's not making sense. Um, so it could also be, and this goes with dyslexia too, the, the being able to recall information that you know. So, and this is a great tip for parents when they're teaching their kids, whether their kids has a disability in some way, shape or form or not is to give them grace and give yourself grace. You're not gonna be on and amazing every single day. So if I'm having a day that I can feel that my roll call, my excuse me, not my roll call, my recall is a challenge, I say it, I say, you know what? I'm processing a little slow today. It might take me a little bit to answer your question or more than one time to say it, but that's what I'm dealing with today. And how empowering. I'm processing
0: a little yeah, slow. Today.
1: How empowering could that be for a kid? I just
0: said that yeah. again to myself. I'm processing a little mm-hmm. slow today. Those are words that kids yeah. should, I think we could use with yeah. our kids too. Like they can say, this isn't working for yeah, me right it's now. It's just not you know? to and me. To communicate.
1: <laughs> and there are some days mm-hmm. it just doesn't come to you. And you're like, God, I know how. I know this, but I cannot remember what two times two is. So again, my theme Mm -hmm. of all of this is thinking about what do you actually want the student to know, your child to know? Is it to have the rote memory of the multiplication tables or is it to know the process of how to multiply something? So just taking it back to what do I need to know? Mm, Mm That's so important And another
0: thing. Math facts versus the process or the, yeah, yeah, okay. What was that next thing you were going to say? Oh, good question. Another, you said another thing. Oh. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm
0: processing
1: a little slow right now i would say
0: i'm gonna be using that all week
1: <laughs> um, I'm, 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 I'm always exactly, processing right? slow. <laughs> uh, there are times that you have to use formulas for math especially when you're getting to middle school and high school and college and life there's formulas that you have to know mm-hmm. um algebra uh, geometry stuff. Yeah, okay yeah so do you want them to have a list of memorized formulas in their head or do you want them to know what are the steps in solving that problem? So it's super helpful to just have the formulas listed so then they could pick which formula or the formula to le- use and put their numbers and, and solve it that way. So it goes back to what am I wanting this my child to know in this at this time? And, You know, I remember being in school thinking someday we will all have calculators in our pockets and we won't have to fight to use them. I remember saying that someday and we do like for me, I cannot, I'm so terrified. I'm going to tip wrong because you know in America we got to tip our waiters and <laughs> service staff and i'm always terrified i'm not going to calculate the math right you know what there's an app specifically for tips and you can pick out how much 20% 30% whatever and it automatically tells you mm-hmm. that's let's use those tools
0: yeah do you see discalculate present in younger kids or do you usually not see it until they're doing more advanced math and required to maybe, I mean, when do you do multiplication, mm-hmm. third-ish yeah, elementary. grade,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, yeah. So can you see it younger than that? Yeah. Or? I mean,
1: you, you can, it can probably start, you could probably start seeing it because we talk with toddlers about uh, patterns. And so since sequencing can be a struggle. So just like with all the other ones that we've talked about, you can see it early on but you might not see it early on you might see it later on in life when they're doing something specific not a i know that's not helpful you want a black and white concrete clear-cut answer and i don't have one for you because we all learn and present our information in different ways so it's really uh kind of a trial and error of figuring out what's truly going on
0: So with neurodevelopmental disorders like, you know, ADHD and um, what was formerly known Mm -hmm. as Asperger's syndrome and autism, there's mild, moderate Mm -hmm. and severe since the DSM-5 has been revised. And so when these disorders are being diagnosed, are they given like a severity scale? Like, is it like, you know, I've heard people say, oh, I have mild Mm -hmm. dyslexia. Um, So where does the mild, moderate and severe Line like where are the where are the the tears and and like if somebody's severely dyslexic or severely just has this severe dysgraphia or dyscalculia what does that mean for them mm-hmm. functionally?
1: So severe is more if it impedes more of their life like their big picture of their life like mild it might be okay your audiobooks great stick with those and you're good but more severe you have more challenges going on. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of a broad answer because it doesn't have the number rating like autism does, the one, three, four. So it's okay. um, a little more challenging, and the it's a little more gray area of what's mild, moderate, and severe.
0: Who diagnoses
1: dyscalculia? Uh, I would start. Well, I same as dyslexia, I would start asking your general practitioner doctor or. Um, looking up areas. It, okay. So like for my son, it was a speech pathologist. So um, you can find the resources there.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So a speech pathologist mm-hmm. could do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember in the second episode that we recorded a, um, a while back, you said that the insurance covered the mm-hmm. speech assessment but not some other parts of right. the assessment, um, so you would be, so parents would be paying out of pocket for that. So, is uh, what about these other ones? Dyspraxia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia? Are they also going to be out of pocket expenses for parents that they should be? It's going to be more for? likely
1: out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm also looking into auditory processing testing, and oftentimes that's also out of pocket. There's some insurances that can take it and cover it but not all so your insurance might cover it and take it but i would not count on it
0: is there um is there I'm. i'm going will get it we'll get back on origin in a second but i but i think this might be an interesting rabbit trail is there a relationship with these with the four d's to neurofeedback that you've seen like
1: have you heard? I do neuro you know feedback? neurofeedback, but I know it more in the trauma sense, not so much in this sense. So uh-huh. I cannot talk about. But okay. what I could say, what I can say, is that a lot of times kids with disabilities, there's trauma involved. Disability isn't caused from trauma, but going through life in the world as knowing that you're different and maybe being treated different. That causes a form of trauma. So neurofeedback, you know, why not try it? Let's do all the tools to see how we can help someone because mental health can affect Mm -hmm. all of everything that we've been talking about.
0: Along the lines of mental health being secondarily affected, um, I could see that there probably would be some occurrences of kids masking and um, hiding their uh disability or what they perceive to be what's wrong with them or what they can't do um do you see do you do you see that a lot and what do how do you see around the mask what's behind the mask and how like is how is that assessed and then what do you do about it if they don't want you to see it they don't want you to what if they don't want the kid doesn't want
1: you to see that they're different um, as human beings we want to fit in we don't want to be different we want to be in the crowd. We don't want to stand out, especially in a negative way. So, for this question, I'm going to use myself and share about how I have always masked it. So, I've only within the last three years or so said out loud, I'm an adult with dyslexia. That is not something I ever shared. Even when I was working in special education, I never shared it. I was always afraid that I would lose credibility or, um, wouldn't be trusted or, you know, just I wouldn't be seen as a knowledgeable individual if they knew I had this. Uh, That's exhausting, utterly exhausting because you're not only focusing so hard when you're in the present moment of working, but also you go home and you do more research and you never feel good enough. So if you see somebody and you know, I was pretty good at masking. (laughs) I was pretty good at hiding it. Um so you might not always know. But if you see somebody that maybe is hiding out in the back or not saying anything or um doesn't want to read out loud or you know, maybe not participating, talk to them. So if you I mean and homeschooling, you're gonna know your child even better and you can have those conversations, which is so helpful but it has to be done really delicately and it has to be done at the pace of the child. You can't go in and say, yo, I see that you're having a hard time adding up two numbers. (laughs) I think you might be disabled, let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. No, you're gonna say, hey, let's try this. What do you think about this? What was challenging on this problem and having them talk through it? Um, Really validating what they're doing Mm -hmm. good But this also goes back to uh, behavior with communication. So it could be some of the kids you see that you're working with, that you are are teaching at home, uh, they might, you might see an influx in negative behaviors when it's the math section that you're needing to talk and learn about. So why are we getting these behaviors? It's taking a step back and really looking at what's happening? Because it could just be an avoidance behavior of not wanting to do it or not wanting to look done because if I don't try, I'm not going to fail type of masking.
0: That helps a lot. So with dyscalculia, what are things that parents can start doing right away with um, the patterns and the, and the not being able to, let's say, let's say with a preschooler, they just don't I don't know if it's preschool, but they just don't be able to seem to be able to connect the number two with two objects, like you said, in that list of symptoms. Um, What are some of the interventions that are given, some examples of interventions that would be given to a child with dyscalculia? I would
1: say as a parent to validate all the good. And if they're not able to make a pattern, don't say, oh my God, you're not doing it right. Do it this way. Make it more of a game and make it so they know that. There's not something wrong with them because there's not something wrong with them, right? So don't um, get, go down, don't talk to them roughly or punish them because they're not doing something right. So let's build up the self esteem because then they'll be more willing to have those interventions later on. So I would say if you're working with a preschooler, if that's your child, just keep working on it. Maybe make up a different song. Maybe uh, find a different YouTube video on counting. Maybe Sesame Street's not touching base, but Blue's Clues might work better for the child. So just finding the different um, tools that might click better for your child.
0: Letty, thank you so much for this talk on this Calcula. W- uh, numbers are I think nobody's friend um, <laughs> when it comes to taxes and, um, and, and money and all those things, but um, some kids have a particularly difficult time with them. So thank you for talking about this, Calcula. And this wraps up our series on the four Ds. Thank you so much for um, talking with us today and the three times before this. And if you haven't heard Letty talk about the other Ds, dyslexia, dyspraxia, and dysgraphia, check out our um, previous three episodes. Thank Thank you you so much for your time. This podcast is produced by anyscores.com.